Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's going to a concert in the park, and we want our style to be the main attraction. Rock over to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now get up to 50% off jeans from 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Up to 50% off jeans for the family? That's music to my ears. Plus, now you can get in and out of the store in a flash with buy online, pick up in store. It's fun, fast, and free. Styles that take center stage and free pick up in store when I buy online? Old Navy, here we come. High Fashion, Old Navy. Valid 720 to 729, select styles only. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. I'm Joe Marino of NDT Scouting and FanRag Sports, joined as always by Kyle Krabs, who's the founder and director of scouting at NDT Scouting, also with FanRag Sports. We're the Draft Dudes Podcast. And uh, Kyle, what's up, man? Uh, how are you feeling? I'm sure you are on cloud nine right now, having filed your 2017 prospectus. I'm living the dream. You know, I uh, I got up yesterday on Thursday, um, slept until 9 o'clock in the morning, uh, ran some numbers, plugged some numbers into individual report pages once the, the board's been finalized, and guess what? I didn't watch a lick of film all day yesterday. I, I did and- not watch any snap-to-whistle <laughs> football plays yesterday for the first time since probably... Oh man, October, <laughs> I think. Yeah, because I started I started early November with with non bowl eligible teams. So, um, let it feels I'm as diehard a football guy as anybody in the world. But oh my god, did that feel nice? Yeah, I can only imagine um, because I'm not there yet. <laughs> so, so uh, you know, this is really cool. We have coming uh, up for you on NET scouting Kyle's uh, 2017 NFL draft prospectus. Uh, releases on Monday, April third, um, and you got it's it's a hell of a product. I've got eyes on it um, today. After Kyle, you know, dotted his eyes and put a ribbon on the thing, and it's it's an outstanding publication. Um, you know, really 
Kyle should be very proud of, of what he put together, and I'm sure he cannot wait to share that with you. Uh, you'll get to stew on that for a week, and then we're hitting you with another one on the following Monday. That is uh, April 10th, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Uh, where where my, my draft guide, um, same 300 players, different evaluation system, different opinions will hit you. So uh, oh, don't, of- don't gloss it over now. It's Joe Marino's 2017 NFL draft scouting portfolio, correct? That's right. Yes. Yeah. So that, that no, is don't gloss you. it over now. Oh, well, you know, look, this is you, you, you're, you get the thunder here to start. And so I want to keep the attention there. And, um, you know, it's, uh, for 20 bucks, you get both of these guides and a 12 month premium content subscription that we are just excited to be rolling out. This is the start um, but uh, what's on tap for the next 11 months is is really going to be awesome. So uh, Kyle's guide is awesome, and um, I can't wait for everyone to see it. Probably <laughs> probably not more than Kyle, though, man. It looks great. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's uh, it came together really well. Uh, this is the fourth year I've done one. Uh, 1,228 prospects in four years. Uh, this latest group of 300, I, f- I really feel the best about some of the changes that we made with adding uh, the physical size and athleticism rating uh, as compared to size and athleticism. Uh, some of the changes I made to the templating, and uh, uh, there's a class analysis page that kind of breaks down the, the value per group and compares the past three draft classes on a, uh, a linear uh, charting uh, where it shows, like, the plot point for the first overall player, the second, all the way down one through 300 in each of the past three years. And it's really cool because it really illustrates uh, 2015 had a little bit more oomph at the top of the class with top talent. Uh, but once you hit like 15 down 2017's class, just whitewashes the past two years as far as the quality of the players that are here and available into, especially you're looking, you know, 175 to 225, uh, notably better talents, significantly better talent than either of the past two years. So um, that is on the deck for you guys on Monday. I'm really excited for this to uh, get out to you guys. This is about six months' worth of work. Uh, And then Joe hits you again with six months of work again the week after. So we have that to look forward to in the next couple weeks for NDT Scouting. Uh, if you're not on board yet, please feel free to swing over to NDTScouting.com and hit it up. You will not regret it. I promise that most in-depth, comprehensive, and transparent NFL draft process that's out there on the market. I'll put us up against anybody. But today, we have a very special guest, and I'm not going to waste any more time jumping right in because he is one of my favorite minds in football right now. Uh, this is actually, we've had some players on the show, but this is our first guest that's actually been on uh, NFL Network. So, uh, hat tip deserves to go to Mr. Ethan Young, who is a part of the FanRag Sports Network. Uh, good friend, we've, we've had a chance to, to hang out a good deal this year between the Senior Bowl and the NFL Combine and, and pick each other's brains a little bit. And we've had some fun football conversations. So, uh, Ethan, first and foremost, uh, how's the West Coast treating you? It's the first time I've talked to you while you're out there on the West Coast in your homeland. Yeah, it's finally had a nice day out here. I got rid of the rain a little bit, had some sun poking through. So, uh, things are looking up here. Well, that's good to hear. And we're not, we're not going to uh, bore the people with weather talk. We're going to get into some football. <laughs> uh, 
Tell us a little bit about your latest uh, model and project that I had a chance to peek at a little bit ahead of time at the Combine. It's it's called Semtex, and it's looking at college production and quarterbacks and, and trying to find some predictive qualities there. Yeah, yeah. Semtex is a situationally enhanced metric testing for efficiency and explosion. It's sort of a, a bucketing system for uh, determining quarterback production and, and uh looking at, you know, sort of that contextual production, adjusting for things like pace and, and scheme and surrounding talent and era and level of competition and, and applying those adjustments, sort of that context to each player's situation and then running testing on that to put, put players into three buckets, um, sort of the gold bucket, the most predictive, uh, the silver bucket, sort of that contextual, okay, if this happens, you know, they can be successful. If not this, you know, sort of that, you know, they need a lead arm talent sort of thing. And then the bronze is sort of the baseline. You know, if you don't have production above this line, you know, if you're a bronze quarterback, you have a very low chance of being an NFL starter. Yeah, and you've put out these tables. You can find this this article on FanRagSports.com. You've put out these these tables with uh, post 1999 uh, groupings of, of each tier. And uh, I mean, you read through the the gold tier, the the top. Uh, qualifiers is a, a, a who's who of NFL quarterbacks with Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, Cam Newton, Matt Ryan, Dak Prescott, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, and Andrew Luck as the top scorers. That's incredibly accurate. So can you tell us a little bit, was was that high-end top tier, that, that gold tier, um, that output, was that what caught your eye, or what was it that when you were you know, messing around with all these these variables uh, that made you kind of raise your eyebrows and realize that you had something here that had some pretty significant uh, pull to it? Yeah, the thing that stood out to me, you know, I was various sort of data massaging methods, you know, you got machine learning and things like that, and that was sort of what spawned it. Um, but when I was looking at it, you know, individually by at the players, um, one thing that stood out was, you know, sort of on the, below this line, you look at the bronze quarterbacks, you know, below this line, there, you know, there's not a lot of starters. You know, there's been no, since 1983, there's been no first-team all-pro quarterbacks in the bronze category, and 96% of starter-level quarterbacks since 1983 have been gold or silver passers. Um, so it's just sort of thing where, you know, if you have a, it's, it's, it's an eliminator, as I like to call it. You know, if you have a guy, you know, that's in the bronze category, there's so much risk with those guys that it's almost worth, you know, looking elsewhere. Sure, and where this conversation has the potential uh, to get really interesting, and this is something that you've done and, and we're looking over this right now, uh, is you're able to bucket these guys um, before they enter the NFL because it's a college-style uh, approach and overview with variables. So you have the 2017 Semtex bucketing results for the 2017 quarterback class ahead of time. And um, I, I think the obvious name, we should just get him out of the way because everybody's going to want to know, and it's going to be the big talking point, is is bronze bucketed Deshaun Watson. Can you give us, because I know you talked about uh, on, on Twitter some of the variables that were included there, and it seemed like the big one for him was the turnovers and interceptions. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. There's you know a lot of things that go into this placement, um, but I, I would say the biggest thing for Watson was the turnovers. You know, probably several things contributing, but that would be the one where I'd say you know that's sort of the, the biggest one. Um, and the, the big thing for Watson, 
um, with the turnovers is, you know, Mark Schofield did a piece with Inside the Pylon a little bit a little while back about how a lot of his turnovers were uh, driven by his teammates dropping passes. And I actually did, a, you know, when I came out with this and I saw Deshaun Watson's in the bronze, I decided to look deeper into that. And uh, five, you know, Schofield said five of his picks this year were his teammates' fault. So I determined what the average sort of interception fault rate is uh, for a quarterback. And it, it for him, it turned out to be a 3.8. Um, so, you know, a typical quarterback with his attempts and all that, it would have been about 3.8 were uh, his fault. So when I factored that in, he still didn't go into the silver or the gold. So it, it's I, I even took it a step farther with him to say, you know, maybe he's a, a rare outlier with sort of all the interceptions being a part of it. And it, and it really wasn't. He was clearly a bronze, and and even a, giving him the benefit of the doubt, he he couldn't crack it. And when you go back over to to the the pre nineteen ninety nine pool, uh, really the only hope that uh, Deshaun Watson fans have, according to your model, is Ryan Tannehill. But uh, Tannehill's the highest scoring bronze bucket passer. But Tannehill's an interesting case, right? Because he didn't play college quarterback for his entire career and he bounced back and forth between positions and how did that impact his scoring and and how does that make you feel about the likelihood of of Watson being an outlier high performing bronze tier quarterback yeah that's that's you know that's the hope there is he's the Tannehill guy right that's the only guy even above you know a marginal starter type is, is Tannehill and and they're so different stylistically coming out right you talk about Tannehill's uh career at Texas A&M you know not playing quarterback for two years taking not getting reps at the position. And I think that had a lot to do with, the, you know, why his statistics were so poor um, in, in what we were looking at, at least, um, not raw. But in terms of, you know, if, if Tannehill doesn't leave early or, or gets the reps those two years, his stats, you know, it's just, just such a rare and weird situation. Mm-hmm. It's hard to compare Watson to that. Um, and people talk about reps a lot. Um, you know, like Trubisky doesn't have a lot of reps. You know, Cam Newton didn't have a lot of reps. It's a, a little bit different for those guys when, you know, they spend two or three years at a community college or as a backup quarterback throwing every day. With Tannehill, he just wasn't, you know, he wasn't in the quarterback meeting room. He wasn't taking reps every day. He was running routes. So it's just a lot hard. It's a lot hard to make that, harder to make that comparison. Um, I think that the hope when you look at Deshaun Watson, uh, David Garrard comes to mind in terms of a guy that was a bronze, uh, did make a Pro Bowl uh, one year and was sort of that marginal starter type and I think that's the hope with Watson but do you want to take David Garrard in round one or even you know high round two I don't think so so you know a lot to like with Watson between the years and I think if he does beat this if he does beat Semtex that's going to be how he does it it's going to be you know elite mental processing skills um, you know, hard worker all that stuff that's where he's going to be where he shines but is it going to be enough and that's going to be sort of an interesting trial case study to see if it is right and, and I know with my scoring and and the the athletic model that I've put out this year, uh, you do something very similar uh, with your own work as well with uh, Sladex. But um, I have a couple of those quote-unquote case study guys this year too that I'm really looking forward yeah. to seeing. All right, does, does he have baseline this? And, and what does what he does well, is it enough to overcome that? But, you know, we can't spend the whole to- show talking about Deshaun Watson. I want to talk about gold-tier quarterback Mitch Trubisky, one of my guys since – way back when, you know, really fell in love with his film as, as early as Florida State and, and Pittsburgh uh, in the 2016 season. Uh, I'm sure people are curious uh, 
how it is that a one-year starter, there's actually two one-year starters in this group with Gerard Evans uh, being another gold-tier quarterback, how one-year players at the position can manage to find themselves in that tier. So it's clearly not a question of volume. It's more passing efficiency and style of play and quality of, of teammates and opposition. And uh, Am I right on track with that as far as how they've managed to find themselves as one-year starters in that top tier? Yeah, you are, and and you've been on the Trubisky bandwagon since day one. I think you were the first person I thought even tweet about him. So uh, you're, you're the conductor on that train. But yeah, it's when people talk about you know they get people talk about production. I think a lot of the things that you know I've never been a production fan until I really did the study and sort of saw how it can be utilized. Um, I think the biggest problem with production and how it's used in evaluation is it's this bigger is better mentality: more reps, more yards, more touchdowns. You know that's not really how, where it's useful. It's more of a, you, know, you talk about Trubisky, it's, I want to see, you know, what has historical precedent and what has worked over time rather than bigger is better. And, and you know, reps are definitely a part of it. If, you know, if you don't have a certain amount of reps, it's, it's hard to make a call on you. Uh, Brad Johnson's a guy, he's not in Semtex because he doesn't have enough reps. You know, he was never a starter at Florida State. But talk about Mitch Trubisky, Gerard Evans, we saw enough from them historical. There's enough historical precedent with guys like Michael Vick, Cam Newton, that had limited reps and put up, you know, levels of, you know, elite efficiency and explosion um, as a passer that they check the boxes. And, and it's just, that, that's, I think, the biggest thing is when I see the responses to people on Twitter going, what, Watson has way more production than Trubisky. You know, it's not a raw bigger is better. I think that's sort of the mentality mm-hmm. that we have with production, and that's mm-hmm. the issue with it. Yeah, and, and again, we want to make it clear that this is, e- even in the gold tier, this is by no means a guarantee of success because you look at gold tier quarterbacks since 1999 you got names like uh andre woodson who was really popular and yeah. dan dan lefevre and kellen clemens bryce petty garrett grayson ryan mallet uh joey harrington pat white joey harrington blaine gabbert yeah. cody kessler absolutely so, so it's, it's like you said it's it's yeah. that eliminating you're you're looking for reasons to eliminate somebody from your board and the guys right. in the gold tier just happen to have the least amount of eliminating qualities and factors. And I don't want to put words in your mouth, but that, that's how I'm interpreting this, yeah? Yeah, yeah. So the golds is, you know, if you're a gold, you're not good. That's not how it works. It's if you're a gold, you have a chance to be good. And you want to use things like tape and medicals and interviews. And, you know, do they have translatable tapes on tape from the gold guys is what I look at as an evaluator. You know, you know I, I'm not as big a Trubisky fan on tape as you are, but... You know, those are the three guys, you know, Kaya, Evans, Trubisky, that I want to look for and say, okay, which guys on tape have the most translatable traits to, you know, the style of offense I want to run or whatever have you if I'm an NFL decision maker. Sure. And and getting into this uh, silver tier, because I know there's some quarterbacks that people really like uh, with Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Kaiser in the silver tier. Um, both of those two, I think it's interesting because they you look at the historical silver tier and there's a lot of those uh, gunslinger-type passers, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Names like James Winston, uh, Matt Stafford, Blake Bortles, and then historically you get pre-1999, I believe Dan Marino's the top silver tier, Mm -hmm. uh, Jim Kelly, Bernie Kosar, Jeff George. So is is that more of a coincidence in your opinion, or do you think that there's something to this? uh, You have a high-end, like an elite trait, and, and it's the volume of the passing that, that will put you in this tier if you find yourself being a successful quarterback at the NFL level. 
Yeah, what, what I sort of look at it as is the gold is they have enough production, you know, of what we're looking for historically in this precedent to be on the board still in the bronze. It doesn't The silver is a case-by-case, case, you know, they have borderline uh, historical production. But we want to look at, okay, what do they need to sort of bridge, get back onto that board with the gold guys? And, and it's really two things if you look at the successes. And, you know, this is obviously um, a, a subjective view of the, an objective data set. Sure. But, you know, it's a pretty clear, you know, the guys that are successful in the silver have either elite level arm talent, you know, supreme, throw a ball through a wall type guy, or elite mental makeup, you know, in terms of, you know, they're going to know the offense like the back of their hand. They're going to come in and work every day. They're going to be the leader of your team. You know, the Matt Hasselbacks, the Kirk Cousins, uh, those style, Mark Bulgers, right, guys like that, all silver passers. Um, and then on the other hand, you have the, the elite arm talent guys like Stafford, Palmer, Cutler, Winston, right, uh, with, you know, elite frames and cannons to match. So when you look at, you know, this year's silvers, you see, okay, they check either of those two boxes because if not, you know, I'm probably going to be removing them from the board or sure. moving them down the board at least. Yep. And and for me, when I go through case by case with the silvers, I see Patrick Mahomes checks that elite arm talent box for me mm-hmm. as an evaluator. Um, I go down to Sean Kaiser. He has very good arm talent. There's no question. But you know, does he check that elite box? I'm not sure. And when I have to ask that question, it's not elite. Sure. So you know, I'm a little bit lower on him now because of that. And then Nathan Peterman, right? He's the next guy in the silvers. He checks that elite mental processing, you know, detailed, know the offense, run it within, you know, his capacity and pair with an elite offensive coordinator. It, it can work there. I, he checks that box very clearly for me. And you know what? And you it, get in. This is, go ahead, uh, go ahead. Th- this is, uh, it's just funny because uh, Mahomes, Peterman, Kaiser, that's my three, four, and five. In that, and, and it's that same tiering process where, you know, I have Watson as one of my higher quarterbacks. Of course, now you're going to have me second guessing this now that I finalized my board. Uh, but it's <laughs> it's Watson and Trubisky are the the top tier, and then there's a notable drop to Mahomes and Peterman, and then another notable drop to Kaiser, and that's the top right. five quarterback tiering. So uh, just seeing that reflective and hearing you explain your personal thought process in correlation with Semtex just kind of I just kind of had to chuckle sorry did not mean to cut you off no 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 problem and the other two silver guys are Josh Dobbs um he's intriguing but I don't think he clicks either the you know elite mental processing or elite arm talent box for me as an evaluator and then West Lunt you know I saw a lot of West Lunt is better than Sean Watson jokes right that's not what this is saying you know <laughs> West Lunt does not have elite arm talent and he does has does not have elite mental processing skills he's right down there with Watson in terms of when you divide that silver group up it's just sort of the uh, subjective analysis portion that silver you kind of you know there's other things you got to buy from and then when you do separate those out into the two buckets right then it's completely subjective at the top we're not saying you know Mitch Trubisky and Brad Kyra Gerald Evans are the best three quarterbacks in this class that's not what we're saying here we're saying they have baseline starter production and from there you know they have the highest chance of success based on that then you got to evaluate them you know the way you normally would, but we're just trying to eliminate all the quarterbacks that don't have a chance based on their production. Yep, it's it's all about uh, you know the likelihood, and this is what anybody on the outside of the draft uh, that's not doing with the team is really trying to do is just you're trying to be predictive predictive of the likelihood that the player you're investing in becomes a high caliber football player, and and this model has done a wonderful job of that of really drawing some of those lines in the sand and having you know years and years and years of backup data behind it to say, hey, you want a good quarterback, you better at least have a silver guy. 
silver or gold yep. guy because your bronze guys, the only guy that's managed to have anything above baseline starter level production was a guy that didn't play college football for two years uh, at the quarterback position. So, uh, Ethan, we're going to let you go now. I want to thank you very much for taking time out of your schedule. I know uh, uh, you as much as anybody else, uh, this you know, push through the end of April is a busy time for all of us. And uh, uh, Could you do me a favor, tell everybody where they can find some of your stuff, and uh, um, after that we'll, we'll get you out of here. Yeah, yeah, thanks for having me on, Kyle. You can find me on Twitter at NFL Drafter, um, just how it sounds, and uh, find my content on FanRag next couple weeks, coming out, posting a big board the next couple weeks with all my uh, tape notes and scheme fits and things like that. Uh, that'll be coming out. And then uh, April 22nd, uh, check the Twitter timeline because Slytics Day will be uh, again on uh, April 22nd. All the uh, talent predictive analytics with uh, basically Semtex with measurables. Um, but every position, rather than just quarterbacks, uh, we'll be out April 22nd, have uh, threshold tests uh, there for all the positions, and that will be dropping on the 22nd. So, guys, mark your calendars. Uh, April 22nd is the latest Christmas on the calendar. Uh, swing over to Ethan's timeline, at NFL Draft, or check it out. Ethan, thank you very much for stopping by, my man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, Joe, i got to tell you, anytime I'm on the line with Ethan um, – I get really self-conscious about being the <laughs> dumbest, being the dumbest guy in the conversation, talking with Ethan. Yeah, no uh, kidding, man. Uh, I remember when we first met him uh, at the Senior Bowl, and uh, he walks in. You're you're two hours into a mock draft that was due in at, three hours, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you're going to get me in trouble in with I, John Owning now. Uh, well, you know, I've got some publishing <laughs> deadlines of my own that. You know, I'm I'm going to scrape scrape uh, bottom of the barrel to get to, but uh, you know, I had a what a five hour conversation while you were writing that mock draft with him, just just asking him about his process and all of his analytics and all the the, the machine testing and all everything he does, and that is a bright dude, and uh, yeah, no question, man, he is uh, he makes you you think twice about your mental acuity. Yeah, and uh, as he said, his uh, 2017. Uh, Sladex comes out on April 22nd, so about a week before the draft, uh, and that is every position uh, gives a full, uh, comprehensive, uh, kind of like what you saw today with Semtex that he talked about. It's looking to uh, eliminate players. It's not necessarily full film comprehension. There's there's a lot of looking for thresholds and eliminating players based on failed threshold acquisition and, and that sort of stuff. So it, it's really, really great stuff. It's it's what I do on steroids, really. Um, I can't recommend Ethan's work enough. Uh, but that is going to do it for us today. Uh, we may be having another prospect guest for you guys on Monday. Uh, we need to- SEC. SEC, yeah, another one, <laughs> four for four. Uh, we need to uh, dot our I's and cross our T's on that, and hopefully we can get that to you guys. Uh, defensive player, so uh, a guy I know I really like. I don't know. Joe, Joe's taken, been taking pot shots at me all day because he's seen my, my draft board, <laughs> but I, I haven't seen his draft board, no, so I don't know how much I he think, likes him. But I think you did good on this one. Yeah, yeah. It's um, potential day two, early day two target for somebody, so we'll uh, – we won't puff it up too much just in case it falls through the cracks. But uh, yeah, yeah. we'd like chop, to chop. Yeah, thank everybody for listening to uh, Draft Dudes. Another uh, week in the book for us. Uh, great slate of guests this week uh, to Josh Reynolds, Ethan Young, uh, 
really excited about what next week's going to bring to the table. And then once Joe finishes his draft board, man, look out, because we're going to start getting into some macro stuff. We're going to talk about position groups. We're going to talk about you know the overall value of, of Joe's board versus my board. We're going to look at a, a whole gauntlet worth of stuff. So it's really going to be a fun last couple of weeks as we push towards the draft. Uh, so please feel free to hit that subscribe button, iTunes, Audio Boom, whatever you're listening with, Podbean. Uh, don't miss out, because we, we are going to really bring a lot of strong taste we're going to give you guys a lot of stuff that's out of our finalized works now that uh we're both either cross the finish line or, or near and crossing the finish line uh for joe marino i am kyle Krabs signing off and this is the draft dudes podcast right now join t-mobile and get an unlimited family plan with netflix included so you can watch in more places than ever before on your phone tablet or tv Plus, buy one Samsung Galaxy S9 and get one free with 24 monthly bill credits. So you and your family can binge your Netflix favorites on your new phones. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. Unlimited data on their network. Video streams at 480p. Small fraction of customers using over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speeds. If you cancel balances due, well-qualified customers, full price, 720 plus tax. Finance agreements required. Netflix for two screens. Terms apply. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.